Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of Control Alt Azure. This episode is sponsored by Solveto. Solveto is an official Microsoft learning partner, and they make continuous learning a lifestyle for IT professionals. Get started with high quality and curated online Azure trainings that have measurable impact. Act now by going to solveto.fi slash pro. I'm Tobias, and I'm back again with UC. What's up? Hey, Tobias. This is week number five with the aligners. So they are a bit like braces. And when I say braces, I'm thinking back to 1985 when you had those metal thingies. But these are translucent, and I, I guess they're made of some sort of a flexible plastic. And the, the first four weeks, no challenges really. But my dentist is now telling that in the next three weeks, so in total it's 12 weeks, but she is telling me now that the next three weeks, this will be painful. And the only thing I want to eat will be something liquid, so soups. I hope somebody has some good soup recipes that I can use. <laughs> Very nice. And uh, this brings me back also to 1994 when I had the, the braces in school. Uh, and they call them the railroad because it looked like a, a, a rail track. Yeah. So that was fun times. Uh, on my side, I booked my hotel now for the ESPC trip in November. So the ESPC that is that conference happening in Copenhagen for SharePoint and Microsoft 365 and Azure. So I think I mentioned in the last episode that this is the first in-person event I'm attending in years. Prior to the pandemic even, uh, I've been working remotely for many years. So I attended less and fewer conferences, but this is really a, a good chance to get back in the, yeah, on something that happens on site and in person. So I'm Super excited to uh, to have that now booked. So the travel is there. I'm 25 minutes away by car, so I'm I'm gonna be there quite quickly. So that's gonna be super fun. I'm I'm still equally excited as I was last week, and I don't think this excitement will go away until after the event. So that's that's cool. Sounds good. I I think you will be the first one there and the last one to leave because you have the shortest commute to the event. So this week is Azure Updates. Uh, so this is a type of an episode we do roughly every four weeks to take a look on what new things, what uh, updates and announcements are available for all things Azure. So we each have a couple of topics we'd like to talk about. Toby, which one would you like to start with first? Okay, so I, I think this this time around, there's a few interesting updates that I that caught my eye. And just looking at the list from from the last time we did an episode like this, there are so many updates that came out uh, in that time frame. But like some of my top favorites are are the ones I will talk about now. And the first one is in preview, and that's Microsoft Azure load testing that now supports private endpoints. So you can test private endpoints. And that unlocks new scenarios like testing private app endpoints with Azure load testing for anything where you have an endpoint that is deployed to an Azure VNet or virtual network. You can generate load to a public endpoint with access restrictions, like a restricted by client IP addresses or something like this. You can also generate a load to an on-prem service, which is not publicly available, that is connected via express route. So for any of these like uh, private endpoint supported stuff, you can now use Microsoft Azure load testing. And that's in preview. We put the link to uh, to this in the show notes. You can go take a look by yourself. This is pretty exciting. And I know we talked about Azure load testing a few times in the past, both with updates and in general. And it's an awesome service. 
I've used it professionally for load testing applications that we built. Super cool. I did have one challenge, and that was exactly this. We have a set of differently deployed or, or variously deployed internal applications that will never be exposed to the internet. And at that point in time, when we did that, there was no real good way to do internal load testing. Now, this opens up that door and unlocks quite a few of those scenarios. So we can now start thinking about how we can really load test these applications, albeit that they are deployed inside of VNet with no access from the public internet. Super cool. So that's my first. That's an interesting one. I occasionally I do use the Azure load testing and for, for me, I haven't had the need to test anything on private endpoints, but it's good to know it's there now. First on my list, and this is an easy one, especially if you did listen to last week's episode, which was around Microsoft DevBox. So the announcement officially now is also that Microsoft DevBox is in public preview and, and you can use it. In case you have not listened to the episode last week, Microsoft DevBox is a managed secure workstation hosted in Azure that you can control, you can spin it up, you can spin it down, you can scale it, and you can also allocate different dev projects that have different type of DevBox uh, VM SKUs available for you. So go and take a look on this one. It's an interesting one, but as we talked last week, there's some small challenges, perhaps with the pricing and or some of the uh, technical requirements that you have to spin up first before you can use DevBox. Yeah, that's a great tip. The next one on my list is a preview feature again, and that is to use managed identity-based authentication to enable Azure Monitor Container Insights. So Container Insights is a feature designed to monitor the performance of container workloads. And Container Insights now support integration with Azure Monitor agents for AKS clusters and ARC-enabled clusters. So in a previous episode, and I know I've also written a blog post about that, we talked about how to require authentication for sending App Insights telemetry. So traditionally, you could do that using only the telemetry key, but it doesn't matter who actually made the request as long as they had this key. We can add enforced or forced authentication on top of that uh, when using App Insights. So this is then a similarity. So now we have support for authentication using managed identity for AKS and ARC-enabled clusters helps securing and simplifying the authentication model where kind of the monitoring agent uses the cluster's managed identity to send data to Azure Monitor. So then you can say, all right, enforce authentication with Azure Monitor, App Insights, whatever, and then also use this identity to send it uh, as opposed to having to code a workflow where you explicitly sign in from code to an identity or to a server pr principle and then do it that way. Or the other option would be to not require authentication. Uh, this way, we can enforce the authentication. We can enable Azure Monitor Container Insights with identity-based authentication now. Then both system-assigned and user-assigned identities are supported. So again, this is a preview feature, but I feel this is an important update. I know a lot of people use AKS, and I know a lot of people tie into Azure Monitor. And this is a, a combination of those two services with an extra layer uh, of the identity model, if you will, or, or the security layer where you can really make better decisions to move towards passwordless and not use clients and secrets and things like that. Enable as much protection as you can and as you are allowed to in that sense. 
and for example using system assigned identity and then you grant that identity authentication options to Azure Monitor so you can send the data. So that's pretty cool. I like that update. It's a very welcome update. I'm I'm looking at the notes that that we've been building for this episode as well and 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 looking at a sentence that says Azure Monitor Agent AKS cluster Ar Azure Arc enabled this and that. I'm thinking now that if I were to start my journey as as a cloud architect as an example, I would just start in IT today. There's so much stuff I would have to learn that you sort of have had the opportunity to learn over the years now, as opposed to just reading about all of these. Yeah, do I have to know all of these? Well, no, not really, no, but it's useful to be able to, to point them on the map so that you know what's relevant for you in your use case and what's less relevant. Alrighty, uh, next on my list, this is something that's generally available. I can't recall if we mentioned this before, uh, it slips my mind. Azure API Management now has expanded support for Azure policy definitions. 11 new policies available for Azure API Management that allow you to do interesting and I'd say even useful things like enforcing that public network access is not allowed for Azure API Management instances, or enforcing VNet-based isolation, or enforcing that all secrets that your custom API definitions in API management have, they have to be stored in a key vault. So, so these 11 new Azure policy definitions are now available, and they also allow you to build compliance and monitoring across multiple API management services, not per, but whatever you have in your subscriptions, you can just apply the policy and enforce things. Yeah, I, I really like that. Anything going on with Azure policy and where you can set up definitions and either enforce them or send recommendations based on them saying, hey, you're breaking policy, please go fix it. It's something that is awesome. I love that this is coming now to Azure API management as well. Uh, the next uh, update on my list is now in GA or generally available, so you can start using it now. This is uh, an audit log for continuous mode with Azure Cosmos DB. An audit log for continuous mode with Azure Cosmos DB allows you to view your details of restore actions on source accounts and destination accounts. So that allows you to see the restore progress in activity logs in terms of which database and containers were restored, stuff like that. And, and that kind of helps validate who performed this activity and the time of that action. And this audit information is available within the activity log. So there is no need to switch to a special diagnostic logs like you do for many of the services where you go in and Microsoft Defender for Cloud says, hey, you did not enable diagnostic settings for your key vault or for your storage account or for this thing or for that thing. Now, this audit information is available within the activity log of Azure Cosmos DB. So that's actually pretty good uh, or coming from Azure Cosmos DB. So I, I think that's pretty good. And that's why I also wanted to highlight this update because I, I know in my past role, I worked a lot with activity logs and diagnostic logs and I had so many dashboards and so much information across the board that I needed to kind of collect and get a coherent view on to ensure that we stay secure, we stay updated, and, and we stay one step ahead as much as we can at least. And a lot of the time designing dashboards and custom queries and everything to bubble all this data up, you know, across all the regions and the hundreds of millions or even billions of signals that we had, some of that data was in activity logs, some of that was in diagnostic logs, 
but there's no such thing as your central place for diagnostic logs, right? Because whenever you enable diagnostic logs for something, it's going to ask you where you want to put it. You can put it into log analytics work, workspace. You can put it into a storage account. You can put it on a file system somewhere. Or you know, there's many different options for different services. So I think this is one step in in a good direction where it ends up in the activity log for Azure Cosmos DB in this particularly case. So again, that's why I want to highlight it so you know where these logs are coming from, where this information is going, and where you can find it. So audit log for continuous mode with Azure Cosmos DB now exists in the activity log. That's the update. That's a lot of logs in Cosmos DB. And I, I have to admit, I don't really work with Cosmos DB on a, on, a, on a weekly basis. Occasionally, I do some stuff with that, but more or less, it's somehow escaping me in, in, in some of the projects I work on. But this looks interesting for sure. Uh, next on my list, and this is an easy one as well, generally available, Microsoft Azure, a new cloud region in Qatar. So this specifically, it will be in Doha. Have you been to Doha, Toby? I have not, no. I have flown there two times maybe for a layover. I've had lunch and dinner at the Doha airport. That's it. Uh, so interesting also to see this uh, capability now. Um, when I was looking at the cloud regions, they have a specific web page where they list what's up and coming. Since, since when I'm browsing, it's obviously detecting that I'm coming from Finland. So automatically it pinpoints me to the new region called Finland Central. And I did not know yet that, that the upcoming data center here in Finland, that it will be called Finland Central, because in Sweden, you guys got that last year, I think, and it's called Sweden Central. So the yep. naming mode is the same. But now it also states that Finland Central will be based in Helsinki. And I'm quite sure it won't be in Helsinki. It will be in the nearby cities. Uh, but it's nice to see that Helsinki is the central place in Finland. So I can again have chats with my with my friends and say, well, Helsinki is the is the heart of the country. You should know that by now. Okay, great insights. I will tr try this data center out when that's uh, when that's available. So the next update on my side is a preview feature, and that is policy blocking. So you can use policies to block the deployment of vulnerable images, and that means for your Kubernetes clusters and container workloads, uh, you can protect them from potential threats by restricting deployments of container images with vulnerabilities. So if you do a scan of a container image, you can find vulnerabilities in the software components that contains or that are contained within the image. Now you allow for using Azure Policy and uh, Azure Defender for containers to identify and patch vulnerabilities prior to deployment. So again, just to build on what you said before with using Azure Policy for Azure API management. Now, another step in the right direction with Azure Policies to now be able to then enforce and say that, hey, you know what? Whenever you deploy uh, a container image and we find vulnerabilities, we'll block it or report it or whatever, so you can take action. And there's many different ways of scanning container images available in Azure today. So I think this is just a, another step, again, in the right direction of bringing this not just to uh, technology enthusiasts or you know the sysadmin maintaining something, but also 
Azure policy is something that perhaps not just the IT administrator has a look at, but you can generate reports based on that and then send that off to stakeholders and you know leadership up the chain and, and they might take a look and say, hey, you know, we, we need to prioritize the, these things. So I, I really like the uh, option of pulling out reports from stuff like that. And now with policy blocking the deployment of vulnerabilities in images or vulnerable images is just another step in, in a very good direction where you can leverage more of the already built-in capabilities of Azure. So that's a preview feature at this point. Sounds good. Uh, next on my list is a new publication from Microsoft called Cyber Signals. And I, I think they publish this a couple of times a year. I'm not sure if I've seen this before. And the latest one is titled Defend Against the New Ransomware Landscape. It's a short booklet. Uh, you can just download that as a PDF file. It doesn't require a registration, so you can just click on the link on the show notes and you get the PDF link through there. And it takes a look at the latest security trends and insights. And, and this edition is about ransomware, what the risk is, what sort of the security angle is, and, and what sort of information Microsoft is capable of, of sharing with us based on the security signals they get and also based on the in-house Microsoft security staff on this one. I did read this through because it's literally maybe six or seven pages, so it's it's a quick one. And one thing I want to highlight, they seem to be interviewing somebody from the Microsoft security staff and her name in the publication is Emily Hacker. I'm I'm not fully convinced it's her real name, but it seems so convincing that it could just be the real name. And then when they have a quote from her, it says, and this and this hacker said. And and now I feel bummed that my <laughs> last name is not hacker. So so I could be you see hacker. Uh, so it's a short and simple one. Go and take a look. Nothing technical, I'd say. This is more for informational purposes on the security landscape. Okay, that's interesting. I'll take a look at that link. And uh, that sounds good. The final update on my side is something that's in GA or generally available right now. That's Azure App Service Environment version 3 supports uh, custom domain suffices or suffix. So what that means in, is that in previous variations of Azure App Services, the default domain for all web apps in Azure for the normal public web apps are azurewebsites.net. So myapp.azurewebsites.net for ILM or internal load balancer uh, enabled app service environment, the default root domain is appserviceenvironment.net. So since an ILB or app service environment is internal to a customer's VNet, customers can now use a root domain in addition to the default one. For example, you can now use myapp.mydomain.com instead of myapp.appserviceenvironment.net. So small update, but very convenient one where you can um, kind of change the, the root domain for that. So the requirements for making this work is that you have an ILB variation of the app service environment version three and a valid SSL or TLS certificate stored in an Azure key vault. So, so it's accessible. So, so that's it. And I think that's a, not an important update as such, but it's an interesting one because I've also heard customers and, and peers in the community in the past uh, talking about this and Albeit, I do not have that many customers from years past and do not know of that many 
organizations leveraging Azure App Service environments as opposed to Azure App Services or running them in AKS or any other type of workload where you can run compute workloads for web apps. Uh, but for the ones that do, this might be a welcome update so you can tie your custom domain to it internally. Sounds good. The last item on my list, this is something in public preview, Update Management Center in Azure. So this is a centralized management view and governance view for all operating system updates across all of your VMs. So it works for Windows and Linux. And, and historically, I, I feel that update management in Azure has been a bit problematic because you have to go one by one to verify what the situation is, and then you can schedule the updates across all of your VMs, if you like. But now the Update Management Center shows you all of the machines, what updates are missing. You can force install updates. You can define the scheduling for updates. You can also manage updates for machines that you manage through Azure Arc. So they do not have to be something that live within Azure. They can be on-prem hybrid, AWS, Google Cloud, and so on. Interestingly, you can also enable automatic VM guest patching and also something called hot patching. And hot patching is not part of Update Management Center, but it's a capability in, in Azure Update Management. And it allows you to implement and install updates without rebooting the VM. But sadly, this only works on a Windows Server, Azure Edition Server Core style VM. So it's awfully specific in order to get this up and running. But beyond that, Update Management Center works for Windows and Linux boxes to manage through one pane of glass all of your VMs. Alrighty, I think those were all. So we'll add links to all of these in the show notes. And the last bit is the unexpected question. Toby, is it so it's your turn this week to ask me? I think so. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, so I thought long and hard about this one. What are some things that are okay to occasionally do, but definitely not okay to do every day? Okay, this is a good one. One thing for me that I've been, I've been sort of practicing after the summer vacation period here in the Nordics through August is to give my permission not to be productive at all times. What I mean by this is that it is okay to occasionally, even if I would have the mental and physical energy, it's okay not to produce or implement or fix anything. You can just sit on the sofa, stare through the window into space and not, not, not really do anything. I don't, I, I'm not really good at that, but occasionally, and by this I mean perhaps once a week for 10 minutes, it's definitely okay. This, this is hard for me. You're saying that you're now allowed to enjoy life and take a moment to just wind down without showing a report. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I hear from people that this is this is a good thing. <laughs> and, and as a side note, since we moved houses uh, about six weeks ago, so obviously where we live now, I, I know the neighborhood because I, I, I grew up here, but at the same time, I'm now commuting for the random customer meetings and whatnot. I am commuting through public transportation quite often because I'm, I simply don't want to take the car if, if it's not really needed. And when I walk to the metro station, it's about a 10 minute walk. It's amazing. You go there, you don't put on Spotify, you don't do any calls. You just walk and think nothing or think whatever. And it's fairly relaxing. 
the only thing I, I think about is how I can maintain the lawn, making sure the grass is greener on my side than on the neighbor's side. Uh, it's, a, it's a challenge, but it's getting there. Yeah, good luck with that. All righty, thank you for joining us and let's cook something fun up for next week. All right, see you then.